what would you say are three top traits every good leader should have? Trust, empathy, and stability. Mm. Empathy and stability link. With stability, I mean emotionally stable fundamentally. Mm. Um, your team have to be confident that your behavior, your actions are, are almost going to be predictable because if that's the case, then they will feel safe. Of course, we have bad days, we have grumpy days, but if your emotional pattern is going up and down like you know, a seesaw and they don't know whether they're going to walk into your office or walk up to you in the corridor and find you beaming from ear to ear or snapping people's heads off, then they're not going to approach. They're not going to feel confident to approach with ideas or make decisions or, or any of that. You're listening to the Life and Leadership Podcast, where leaders from across the globe share openly about the trials, triumphs and lessons learned along the leadership journey. Whether you're a seasoned, new or aspiring leader, get ready to receive powerful insights and practical takeaways to help you grow in your leadership. And now, here is your host, Mary Eniolu. You have to be able to recognize and identify how and why people, whether that's your guests or your team, might be feeling the way they're feeling. Mm. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but you have to be able to recognize it and understand it. Because it, it's only if you do that that you can then adapt your approach to get an outcome that, that you desire. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it, all, all you're going to end up with is, is constant conflict. You, know, you end up in my view, your view. And yeah. the understanding that everybody's perception is their reality. Yeah, absolutely. Is, you know, I've said that a few times to a few different people. And they go, well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, but but I, I, I think in my mind, it is very true. Whatever you are perceiving, whether that's about a situation or about a person or whatever, that is your reality. It's absolutely Therefore, that true. Person, you know, that person, as far as you're concerned, is arrogant or... Mm -hmm. Whatever, you know, because that's what you're perceiving. So, and it's only if you understand that, that, that you can adapt your, your position or adapt your actions to, to change the outcome. Mm. Um, and that links with stability because with stability, I mean, emotionally stable fundamentally, mm. um, your team, especially, but your guests as well have to be confident that your your behavior your actions are, are almost going to be predictable you know because if that's the case then they will feel safe of course we have bad days we have grumpy days people say things that really annoy us something happens that are really great or, or mm. whatever and that's okay but if your emotional pattern is going up and down like you know, a seesaw and they don't know whether they're going to walk into your office or walk up to you in the corridor and find you beaming from ear to ear or 
snapping people's heads off, then they're not going to approach. They're not going to mm. feel trusted. They're not going to feel confident to approach with ideas or make decisions or, or any of that. When I was in New Zealand, I, I had a phone interview. It was a hotel in Perth. I was on a phone interview. It was within the Accor group. And I was speaking to the general manager. And I'd been, I'd moved on from Queenstown. So I was in Picton and I was applying for a senior F&B manager, I think it was. The, the question had been, how do you deal with conflict and, and how do you deal with poor performance or, or something like that? And I said, again, with the benefit of hindsight, the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I said, oh, well, you know, I, I know when, what I was trying to say was I know when to be, stern i know when to you know give praise etc but what i actually said was i know when to be angry <laughs> and the gm and, and i i i cannot feel like, i can't remember which hotel it was i certainly can't remember who the gm on the other end of the phone was uh, 15 years ago or whatever it was now but the, but the gm at the time never forget the gm at the time said well there's never really a time to be angry is there <laughs> And um, I obviously didn't get the job, <laughs> um, but I did. That that was uh, that was a key moment and a, and a key a key point of learning because I, I came off the phone. And I was like, God, <laughs> he's right. <laughs> uh, that sense of of emotional predictability mm. is important when when you're in the leadership position it's part of you know management maturity yeah it's giving a sense of security to your team yeah. they've got to make sure they feel secure and trusted yeah absolutely you're right there has to be that safety where they know okay no matter what we don't go here there's a boundary basically and we can trust that james is going to deal with whatever it is we're bringing to him in a rational civilized manner without yes. <laughs> flying off the hook so emotional intelligence is so important then being aware of yourself and your emotions and being able to um to put them in, in check, I suppose, to manage mm. them in a manner that enables you to still be, I don't want to use the word in control, but yes, in control, to still, you know, be in control of how you're you're coming yeah. across. And yeah, I think that's quite important. So I, I don't I do love those three traits, you know, trusting your team. Um and, and one way you show your team you trust them is by letting them get on with stuff. So trusting mm. your team, you know. Empathy, again, is an important one, especially in the world we live in today, post-COVID. That is so important. Yeah. Let's say people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So you're right. It doesn't mean you agree with them, but helping people feel heard and feel understood opens them up to listening to you yeah. and understanding you. So, yeah, that's important. And, and of course, stability and consistency. It's important. So making decisions, you talked about, you know, the, the, the incident with the water. Oh my gosh, that would have been just a nightmare. But making decisions is part of leadership. It's part of what leaders do every day. So do you have a framework you use when it comes to making decisions? Maybe not necessarily a framework, but, but mm. I, I try to, I try to, to look at things from, far away to start with and and then bring my perspective closer and closer and closer that effectively comes down to a giant set of scales right you know and i try to make sure my decision is then based on the net benefit 
to the business. Right. You know, is this decision net positive or is it net negative? As, as a result, I, I'm not, I'm not always quick at making decisions, and I, I try to actively not make snap decisions. Mm. I think it's important that when you're making decision, whether it's based on spending money, whether it's based on recruiting somebody, whether it's based on terminating somebody's employment, you know, whatever that, that decision might be, you have to look at it in in terms of the net benefit to the property, but also the opportunity cost. And if you make this decision and you go down this path, okay, the net benefit is X, Y, and Z, but what is the opportunity cost? What does it mean you're not going to be able to do? Or what is it that somebody else isn't going to be able to do or achieve or accomplish? Right. So weigh, weighing the pros and the cons. And you talked about... Yeah, effectively. Start, yeah. So you talked about starting with sort of like a bird's eye view, uh, a broad view, and then bringing, narrowing it down and looking at the, the, the pros and the cons. So let's talk a little bit about values, because I am a big believer in values. I really feel like values are really, really important. Values determine how I make decisions and the things that I do, both in my professional and my personal life. So that helps to uh, filter so vision and values help me filter decisions that I want to make. Yeah. So so does does that come into play at all? Because you talked about the opportunity cost. How, how does that affect maybe somebody else or how does it prevent you from uh, doing something that you could be doing? Where do values sit with you when it comes to making decisions? So the, the, the first question that, that's asked is, is about the vision. You know, is this going to help us achieve our vision mm. fundamentally? If it's a no, then there's no need to go any further. Right. The next question down then becomes about the um, values. If it's going to help us achieve the vision, great. Through which value is that sort of direction coming? Right. You know? Because that will then help inform further down the line. That will help inform implementation of the mm. decision or the idea. Yeah. Or it'll help um, inform the communication around the decision. The, the, the Chamney's values spell out champs, of which C is collaborative. You know, so if we're making a decision around, I don't know, changing a menu format or or, or something in F&B, then is this going to help us achieve our vision? Yes, it absolutely is. How are we going to communicate this? Well, collaboration in this instance is going to be absolutely key. Because yeah. it's not just David, the executive chef, writing a new menu, bam, there we go. We have to make sure that the service team are briefed in, tied in, trained up, have their menu knowledge. We have to make sure that the front of house team are fully engaged and are able to um, deal with the room service queries. We have to know that the marketing team have got their ducks in a row for the launch. And to me, those, those values inform the the implementation and the communication of the decision yeah the, the the key yes or no comes down to does it fit the vision yeah out of interest what's the what's what's the rest of the letters what do they stand for in terms of uh, your values so c is collaborative uh, h is holistic a is uh, ambition um, yeah, mastery. S, S is salubrious, which is the one that no one can ever remember. S is what? 
Salubrious. What does that mean? True to ourselves. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are all powerful values. I love mastery. You know, everybody aspiring to be better at what they do. I think that's important. Really good, really good. Now, I think values are really important because it's one yeah. of those things that creates the culture, isn't it, in the organization? Those yeah. are the things we live by. Those are the things we say are important to us. What's your definition of success? What does success mean to you? So it's a little bit paradoxical mm. because on one hand, success is satisfaction. Right. Success is feeling that you have um, done everything you can in any particular moment to uh, to deliver or achieve or secure as much as you of that opportunity as you could. Mm. Equally, success is constant movement. I love that. And therefore, really constant progression, mm. or constant learning. So, so it's a little bit paradoxical. I, I love that. I love both. I love the fact that for you, success is not tied to the result, mm-hmm. but more to how you showed up. Yeah. Right. So if I've done all I know to do using all the resources at my disposal at this particular point in time, then I'm, I've been successful. It's not tied to the result. One of my mentors always says, don't get attached to the result, get attached to how you showed up. It's, that's important. Yeah. And I also love the fact that you say it's um, const- it's constant, it's continuous. My, well, my favorite definition of success is one I heard from Earl Nightingale. And he said, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And so that says to me, it's not, like a de- yeah, it's not a destination. It's a journey. It's a progressive realization. So the minute I stop progressively realizing a worthy ideal, the minute I stop continuously like you say learning and working towards something better it doesn't matter what i've achieved in the past i stopped being successful so that for me it just makes it like it's a continuous learning process a continuous getting better trying to achieve something more really really love that so i love i love your definition of success absolutely if you're enjoying this conversation don't forget to hit the subscribe button that will help us bring more inspiring conversations to you and reach more people and if you know of a leader that should be featured on the life and leadership podcast please reach out to us with their details we would love to hear from you what would you say has been your biggest life lesson not necessarily leadership lesson but what's been your biggest life lesson so far it's kind of hard to to sort of distill into a singular lesson Mm. but i've been very lucky through my career and um for a little bit before to to do a lot of traveling um, relatively speaking, I've lived in Africa and New Zealand, America. I've spent time in Australia and a lot of Europe. And I think the lessons or the awareness that comes out of you know those opportunities with mm. regards to cultural awareness, but also the sense of I suppose it's the emotional intelligence that that comes with. Mm. Um, knowing that everybody, every culture, every country has their own issues, has their own ideals, has their own perspective. Mm. And that by and large, they are irrelevant to how you can connect. Mm. The person in front of you is the person in front of you. Yeah. No more 
no less. That we can get distracted and, and spending an awful lot of time in trying to trying to understand things that don't actually impact mm. the the relationship. Uh, obviously, we were, we were speaking earlier about the the need for empathy and understanding people's perspectives and people's point of view, and that doesn't overturn that. But there has to be a sense of relevance to the moment or, or yeah. to to the relationship, you know, because everybody has a culture behind them. Everybody has their own stuff mm. going on behind them. Everybody's got their baggage. Yeah. But you don't necessarily need to understand their baggage to the nth degree mm. if they don't want you to. And it's not relevant to, to the moment and, and the relationship. Yeah. And being able to, to, travel around and have the have the joy of experiencing lots of different cultures and and being submerged in them went hand in hand with understanding that it's still just the person in front of you that yeah i understand important. what you're saying absolutely. i don't feel like i'm making a great deal of sense but I hope you, you are absolutely <laughs> making a great deal of sense absolutely it's about the person in front of you and that person is a person and if you will deal and at the end of the day sexual culture politics whatever most of us want the same thing we want to be loved we want to feel loved we want to feel yeah. accepted we want to feel understood we want to feel valued you want to feel respected all those things it's common it's a common common mm. denominator for human beings so i loved this idea especially because i work in the d and i space you know diversity equity and inclusion and you're right sometimes we get we get too into our heads with the right and the wrong and all of these things. And and yeah, I, I do get it. But at the end of the day, it's about that person. You know, if you treat that person in front of you with respect and you value their opinion and you understand understand them, that's how you're going to impact that person. It's not necessarily by understanding what the, you know, the, the policies in their country says or what the prevalent yeah culture in the in their country is i i totally agree with that and i think that's a, a really good lesson especially in the world we live in now where we're all kind of living in the global village i think it's so important to just pay attention to the person in front of you yeah, yeah. Um, and if you can do that then you you'll do the world a lot of good no really good so final question what what advice would you give someone who is just starting out in leadership? So they're getting maybe their first managerial position or first supervisory role. What advice would you give them? Try to work out what you don't know and then start learning it and find an informal or a formal mentor, senior friend, colleague from another property anyone who you feel confident enough to bounce ideas off share frustrations with mm. because if you are stepping into leadership from the first time you're there is a there's a strong chance that your natural predication for venting for sharing is going to be downwards to the people that you most identify with. If you start off on that foot, it can be very difficult to break out of it. What One of the things that raises its, its head time and time again, particularly with new HODs, is um, 
basically sharing stuff that shouldn't have been shared with the team members below. Right. Often that's frustrations, it's personal gripes, it's it's the stuff that we all experience. Mm, mm. But you've got to know where to where where to vent. And it's difficult when you step into leadership and your your support network changes. Um, you know, and the higher up through that leadership, those leadership ranks you go, that that network changes and shrinks. And you eventually get to a, a, a point where you you need to be drawing on people outside of your immediate organization for that. So so getting comfortable with that and find making sure you have a mentor or you know, making sure you have a coach or something. Yeah. No, that process. Absolutely. They say it's lonely at the top. It it need not be. Mm-hmm. It need not be, but but you're absolutely right. If you don't, if you're not intentional in surrounding yourself with people that you can have those candid conversations with, you could be tempted to want to have it with the people you work with, and like you say, that could actually be counterproductive because it mm-hmm. can then, um, it can then cause rifts in the team and exactly. people talk, and it's yeah. yeah so absolutely great advice, great advice. Find out what you don't know because there's stuff you don't know, whether you know it or not. There's stuff you don't know. So yeah. find out and uh, find a mentor, a coach, or, or someone that you can have those co- candid conversations with that you can't have with anybody else as a leader. Really, really wonderful, great, uh, great advice. So thank you very much, James, for coming on the Life on Leadership Pleasure. podcast. It's been wonderful. And I know that you've dropped some really wise um, gems our listeners will find really helpful. So thank you for coming on. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Mary. The Life and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Can Do Academy, where we help organizations develop high-performing teams and extraordinary leaders. To find out more about our work, visit CanDoAcademy.net. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life and Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button. That will help us reach more people and inspire more leaders. See you on the next episode.